Hello, welcome to 1000 Words, Stories on the Way. My name is Matthew Clark. Thanks for stopping by. Today, I'm finishing up this series of podcasts introducing the folks who wrote chapters for A Tale of Two Trees, which is both a book, but it's also an album of songs. The book is available on Amazon, and the songs are already streaming everywhere that you listen to music online, including my website, matthewclark.net. So this week, I'd like to introduce you to my friend Jonathan Kofid, who, when I asked him if he'd write a responsive essay to a song on A Tale of Two Trees, he chose the last song on the album. It's called By the Rivers of Babylon. Just like last week's song, this one took somewhere around 15 years to finish. There have been a lot of versions of it. And uh, this song is also, you know, within the album, it works as a sister song that is responding to the major questions raised by the song, How Can We Sing, earlier in the album. And both of these songs are looking at Psalm 137. As the Israelites are being mocked and tortured in exile by the Babylonians, the song, How Can We Sing, sets up the question by saying, How can we sing the Lord's song by the rivers of Babylon? And this song answers, When God's people make the decision to trust and persevere, even if the situation itself hasn't changed, they say, I will sing still for the kingdom and a king who's coming back. This whole trilogy has one of its main thematic concepts, this idea of singing. Think of singing as a way of talking about the holistic and right response to God's love and faithfulness. Just like the old kid song says, if you're happy and you know it, then your face will surely show it. Singing is also something like the smile that will surely show up on the face of one who is happy. Singing will surely show up in the life of one who is responding to the love they've experienced with Jesus. In album one, Only the Lover Sings, it's the response of the woman at the well. And in album two, A Tale of Two Trees, it's the response of those who persevere in faith during times of confusion, drought, and exile. Those who refuse to hang up their harps, who refuse to hand their song over to despair. This song is about making that decision. In light of the mighty acts of God in the past, the promises He has given us about our future, and His willingness to meet us in our present sufferings and joys. So let me introduce you to Jonathan. Jonathan Kofed is Associate Professor of History and Director of the Honors Program at Belhaven University, where he teaches courses in American history and the history of thought. He's particularly interested in the dynamic relationship between ideas, their historical context, and the way that any historical idea or author can illuminate the ubiquitous human quest for a good life. His previous intellectual journey involved postdoctoral work 
at the University of Texas in Austin, a Ph.D. in History from Boston University, an M.A. in Historical Theology from St. Louis University, and a B.A. in Philosophy and History from Arizona State University. His scholarly research focuses on transatlantic intellectual history, particularly the Romantic movement, and its influence on U.S. thought and culture. His articles have appeared in Symbiosis, a journal of Anglo-American literary relations and religions, and his reviews have appeared in such journals as The Journal of Transatlantic Studies and American 19th Century History. Jonathan and I go to church together back home in Mississippi. I say back home because I'm somewhere in rural Kansas right now. And we've known each other for a while, and he's been very encouraging to me as a friend. We've connected over a shared love for Tolkien and other writers, and I always love getting to visit with Jonathan over breakfast. But one day, in casual conversation in the lobby at church, he mentioned something about feeling called to possibly write something more personal in a you know a more non-academic setting about his own journey with Jesus. Well, that stuck in my mind. And the longer it did, the more I thought, maybe I should invite him to consider being a part of this project. And I was really excited when he said yes. And I was excited when he chose the closing song, because I knew that he would bring not just his mind, but his wonderfully big heart to the task. And of course he did. I love his essay, and I'm really excited to read for you an excerpt from it this week to close out this series. So, here is a reading from Jonathan Kofed's essay response to the song by the Rivers of Babylon entitled Moonlight in the Desert, singing Sojourner's Song. I remember a writer who seemed to fuse a whip-smart, cranky wit with a joy-filled wonder for living, and I managed to corner him at a conference and ask him the question of this essay. How could he have hope and joy when he clearly saw the brokenness and depravity of this world? Well, as I see it, I remember him saying, we are commanded to hope. This is the difference between a feeling and a virtue. Augustine and St. Paul would have us embrace the virtue of hope. The scriptures clearly enjoin those who claim the name of Christ to reject despair. Surely the early Christians of anyone had the most cause to declare that the world was going to hell in a handbasket. They might have thrown up their hands, hunkered down, and waited for the great conflagration, like so many come outer sects in history. Instead, they declared that the world was going to hell, but then they spread the gospel song. They brought heaven to earth, sharing meals, receiving the Lord's Supper, welcoming the poor, the oppressed, and the marginalized. They also served in the army, paid their taxes, engaged in everyday business, while spreading the hopeful news of the city of God wherever they went. 
In so doing, they transformed this world. Their successors built churches, hospitals, and universities, and eventually spread the gospel song to the far corners of the earth. They suffused the kingdoms of this world with the kingdom of God. Following the command to hope, they spread the message of hope. Because hope is a concrete practice that naturally works toward the realization of its object. And they converted not only those who suffered materially, but also some of the greatest philosophical minds of the ancient world, including Clement of Alexandria and St. Augustine himself. So it is in hope that we are made happy. In hope, the veil between heaven and earth grows thin. I recall such a moment of happiness in the desert, a fitting place to understand the paradox of fullness amid degradation. My quest for intellectual answers led me to study in Arizona, and my quest for experience often took me into the southwestern wilderness. While Joan Didion has said that any desert is indeed the valley of the shadow of death, I did not find the Arizona desert to be such. The harsh landscapes, absence of water, and minimal vegetation in their own way evoke the wretchedness of death, but the wind of God's Spirit speaks in the canyons. In the desert's holy silence, when even the wind hushes, we hear the still, small voice of God like nowhere else. This revelation came to me one night as I sat on a rock and attended wholeheartedly to my surroundings. There was no sound of running water, no leaves rustling in the trees, no crickets, cicadas, or birds to charm the night air. As the wind hushed all around, there was nothing, and he was there. In the land where many see only death, they peer through a glass darkly. I heard a silent song from the very stones, as beautiful as the symphonies of man. I'd like to thank Jonathan for being a part of this project and for writing such a wonderful closing essay for the book. And now here's the song that he chose from the album A Tale of Two Trees. It's called By the Rivers of Babylon.
Like a seed is to a tree In the twinkling of an eye You will see the heavens open We will meet Him in the sky By the
Okay, folks, go grab a copy of A Tale of Two Trees on Amazon so you can read the rest of Jonathan's chapter. And you can find the album wherever you stream music online. Lastly, I'm on tour right now, so check out my concert calendar at my website, matthewclark.net. And please come to a concert if there's one nearby. Besides that, this is actually the last episode for Season 5 of 1000 Words. So I really appreciate you listening this year, and I'll be back in 2024 with more episodes. And also, the last book of the Well Trilogy will be releasing toward the end of next year, so stay tuned for that. Until then, may we all keep turning our faces toward the God who has smiled upon us in Jesus Christ, in whose shining face we discover the light of the knowledge of the glory of God, That face wakes in us a long sleeping song of joy that we persevere to sing in this world that would otherwise lead us only to despair. But we have been so loved. God has made himself clear amidst all of this confusion. And even when our hearts fool us with feelings of hopelessness, this anchor holds like the Holy Spirit's guarantee that He will get us home to our Father's house and to God's joy that is pure and incorruptible and also endless. So until season six, that is my prayer for us all. And I would love to sing this benediction from Numbers just to kind of close out this season as a, uh, as a blessing upon you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you peace and give you peace. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord be gracious, gracious unto you. Amen. I will see you next year on 1000 Words. Thanks, y'all.